Welcome everybody. You're on Mind Your Biz and we're lucky to have him here uh, to tell us how the whole process went and the success and the growth. And his name is Derek Paquet from Chexology. Thanks for having me, Evan. Great to have you. So you know where I'm going to start this, right? You're the guy yes. who turned down the biggest Shark Tank offer of the time. All right. I think it was uh, season four. But it doesn't matter. You turned down Mark Cuban. <laughs> All right. So that before. I got to dig right in to that. So and we'll tell everybody about the product after. A little faster a little. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So what gave you the courage? You evaluated your company, I think, at what, two million? They offered about two hundred grand. And you're getting a shark early. So give me your give me your reasoning on how you felt comfortable doing that? Yeah, I think uh, the easiest answer was I kind of in my mind had parameters on what I would and wouldn't accept going into it as far as valuation. Uh, what allowed me to kind of create that parameter was what other investors in the market were, were already offering as far as you know cash for equity in the company. So to me, the $2 million was what I thought was, oh, this would be great if, he, if they accepted it at the $2 million valuation at the time. But I obviously left room to negotiate. Uh, going from $2 million to I think it was you know, six, $650,000 ish was the valuation you know, Mark Cuban gave the offer at was just to me way too steep of a discount um, to do that at that point in time. So I just felt it was just giving away too much equity in the company based on where we were. Uh, and just knowing that where I had sort of this going into it, if it's, a, you know, if I get this offer or above, I take it. If not, I leave. Uh, made me feel less stressed about in the moment having to like make an, uh, a rash decision. Uh, so that helped a lot. And it was way under where I was willing to go. So uh, that's sort of why I didn't take it. All right. I mean, understandable. And that was very disciplined of you to go in there you know, with something in your head and you're not, you're going to ignore the complete fact that you're in front of 20 million people. You're in front of some really movers and shakers that could change the game. And you said, I'm going with my game plan. Yeah, it's, it was not, it was not easy. I mean, they were big players, you know, and it's one thing to say in my mind, I'm not going to take an offer if it's not within this parameter, but it's another thing to like be in person with someone who you look up to like Mark Cuban and say no to him. And so it wasn't easy to do. Um, and who knows what, you know, what could or what would or should have could have happened if I did, but, uh, I was at peace with the decision. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't easy. I'll tell you that. It couldn't have been because you kind of ignored the fact of the value of who they were, which is, that's tough to do because, you know, they can make a call to anyone. They can gaslight anything. So you really went in there like, these are just another set of investors. I'm going to forget the Hollywood lights and all that glitz and glamour look. Uh, and I'm just looking at them as businessmen. And I, that's, it's, that's what it seems what you did. So, uh it goes a little further than that. I actually did a lot of homework on each of them, their networks, what they've done for other companies. And so I look at when I uh, bring an investor or an investment group into the company, I 
look at the value they bring past just the cash and what what that is worth to the company at the time. So someone like a Mark Cuban, you know, had for technology and for for my industry had sort of the most swing. So going into it and talking to my advisors and mentors, we were willing to give him a huge discount to what any other capital investor at the time had given. Um, but the discount that he wanted was just way too large. So there's no question that we considered the value that each of them would probably bring to the table. We made assumptions, um, but it was, it was very far off. Uh, at the time, the most important thing for the milestone was building a product and, and showcasing that the product was better than the alternative at the time. So in that point in time, uh, the objective wasn't the networking, wasn't going out there and calling up someone who is going to get us into 50 venues, right? It was, it was let's just stay on track. We need capital right now to pay the people and the team that we want to bring in to build this thing. We already selected, you know, those people and it was strictly we need to get to this point, prove something out, and then we'll raise another investment at another valuation if we achieve that milestone. So a lot of it was actually timing. It was something you can't turn down getting your idea in front of 20 million people, right? So just the value gain on the show alone was like, I wasn't going to be like, oh, we're not ready yet to be in front of these types of investors. So I think, you know, two years later, if I was in there at that time, things would have been really different. Right. So timing is a key valuation, where you were in the, in the company's, you know, evolution stage, everything is a combined, you know, you just can't say no to an undervalued uh, company. So that's how I looked at it. Kudos to you, man. Brave. So now let's tell everybody about this great technology that's disrupting uh, probably a hundred year old, 200 year old business. I have to assume since people have been going to events. So uh, people have been using a paper claim ticket to check things in and out since I can even search on Google. Like, I don't even know what they did before that, right? It was always, here, I'll take your code, I'll take your bag, here's a ticket, present me this ticket when you return and I'll find your bag, you know, matching numbers. And it's simple when people don't lose the ticket. Uh, and when I started my business, it was a co-check business. I quickly realized like there's so many problems that form when you give someone a ticket. People get drunk, they lose it, needle in the haystack, causes claims, misplacements. And there's this terrible stigma in our industry that like when you give your code away, oh, I hope I get it back. When I, you know, give someone your luggage, I hope it doesn't get lost or stolen. And I was like, that's crazy that there's this stigma. Like that's even a thing. The whole service is to store it, keep it safe and give it back. Why is there a huge stigma in this industry that like someone is going to maybe lose your stuff? So uh, the company we started in the tech was to solve that problem. Uh, and it's pretty simple. It's an application for an iPhone, an iPad, that when you come up and check your stuff, it takes a picture of you. Uh, the front camera takes a picture of you and the back camera takes a picture of your stuff. So there's proof of what was checked in. Uh, it sends you a text with your claim number. So just in case you, your phone has to use your claim ticket, your phone number is your claim ticket. You just come up, give your phone number. There's a picture of you. There's a picture of your bag, your coat, and it's returned. And if anything happens, there's proof. 
So to me, it was like, why hadn't anyone done or thought of this before? It's just a, such a no brainer. Uh, so we went out and built it. And that's what we've been doing ever since is just eliminating these paper tickets. That's wild. So simple, but you're solving a, a big problem. And I can tell you firsthand, I put my coat in one day in the winter at this club, had to be a huge club, obviously, with a few thousand people. And I literally had to wait till the last coats were given for them to trust that they give me my coat because I lost my damn ticket. So you've been there. I've been there. You I should have person. invented this thing. Damn it. Why did you, you think of it, Evan? So simple. So but it's simple. actually, yeah, the idea itself, people are like, how did you have the idea? And it actually wasn't like pop. Oh, why don't we take pictures of stuff and send people texts? Like it was a slow progression of um, ideas that kind of came together that kind of formulated this process, this new process. So I think that's probably why uh, it, no one ever was like, oh, let's take pictures and send people a text was I, I don't think people had the experience of checking, being a code checker like I was being a customer as well and then understanding the ipad technology at the time so i think a lot of it was also just timing wow everything came together so you had the great idea how difficult was it to make it software to make it an app so i i have no you know engineering background software background as far as knowing how to code and uh at the time i was making profit off my code check business so uh, I didn't just all at once, let me build an app. It started with a simple uh, Google uh, form where people came up, put in their phone number and hit submit. And then we would be on the next page. We'd put their tag number and hit save. And then at the end of the night, it was just a command F, control find, what's your phone number? So it was a simple spreadsheet that we were then searching at the end of the night to solve the problem and not give them the paper ticket. And then we were like, yeah, this is, you know, this is good for like a couple nightclubs, but this isn't scalable. And there was no pictures, you know, you couldn't really do it quick. We wanted to make it really fast. So we just kept progressing. Okay. You know, let's build a simple app. Um, after we kind of proven out that this is better than giving someone paper. So, uh, you know, once it was ready, we kind of used a lot of the profits we had been making, um, and the concept and kind of shelled it out to some developers in Indiana to kind of build the MVP and just kept iterating from there. Now, were you able to patent this idea? Because in reality, it's a very simple application, generally. Were you able to patent this? Because I've yes. been worried to all hell that someone's gonna steal this idea. So that was one of the first things I did because I was like, this is anyone could do this. Uh, and so the patent we ended up getting approved that we hold today is uh, a patent on the process of how we can simultaneously profile a customer, whether it's your name mixed with your picture or your phone number. And while we are tagging and taking pictures of items. So these processes happen simultaneously. So you're doing something on the iPad, we're tagging items, back cameras, you know, taking the pictures. And we knew that the speed, like ripping a piece of paper is fast. So we had to compete with the speed. So if we can get a process patent uh, on that capability, that will set us apart and keep competitors out. And that's exactly what we did is how do we visually profile both people and their items simultaneously so that you don't need a matching number that you associate with a person and an item. And we got that patent. So that happened. I think we filed it in 
2012 ish. And then it took about two years to go from pending to approved. And I think that's one of our biggest barriers as far as keeping competitors from doing what we do. So how long did it take you to really get the proper seed money to get this company really up and off the ground? Yeah. So at the beginning, it was all bootstrapped. I was fortunate that I had a profitable co-check business that I was opening up in you know, nightclub after nightclub after bar. So that was funding a lot of the initial investment we were making in product development. Um, but I would say it took about two years to kind of put together enough capital to bring an in-house team of product developers into the company. Um, and it was a slow progression of you know, presenting our validation, getting more clients to start using it outside of just our internal service. So it took time to really figure out this is what works for our co-check company. Will it work for this other nightclub in New York or this museum or whoever we were kind of going for? So systematic over about two years to raise a big round of capital to just let us run and get to that next milestone, which was growth from five external clients using it to 25 to 50 um, accounts. So yeah. Wow. That's the answer. So tell us about the problem of having a profitable business. You're making a you know good living with your business and you got this great new technology that you need to scale and scale fast. Tell me about that problem. Yeah, it's a uh, sacrifice, right? So uh, knowing the opportunity cost of not doing it uh, makes it easier to go, I don't need that much money right now as a kid right out of college. All I need is a little bit of spending money to go to the bars. I could live in a basement. Like I, I could live off of 15,000 a year. And once I realized like for me, the longer term vision was what if we could put this thing in, you know, a thousand accounts, 20,000 locations. Uh, and yeah, you know, I was just crunching the numbers on the money I can make. I'm like, I could live off of 15,000 now for that future kind of opportunity of a, of a lifestyle, a company and, and sort of what it brings. So just, just envisioning that life, that, that place made it a lot easier to reinvest money into it. Um, it helped pitch and show the passion I had to get there, which I think helped bring in the investment dollar they saw I was doing as opposed to just thinking of an idea. Like I was committing my own money to it. I was building it, whether, you know, I, it was going to happen they joined or not. Right. And so I think that put me in a position that's like jump on the train um, because we're going somewhere and, and, and we're going to be successful. So it's a lot of men, a lot of mental game, I would say. Beautiful. Beautiful. So tell me, I have a million questions for you, but I'm going I'm to ask <laughs> the most important ones. What was the biggest account you locked that made you feel like this, this is going to really happen. It's not just the vision there's a bigger entities that are seeing my vision that could see the value in this technology. When did that happen or who was the client or both? Yeah. So the first, the first one was Webster hall. When we moved to New York, uh, Webster hall was the place where if, you know, 30 minute hour long lines after every show, um, you know, it's all, you know, people getting really drunk, tons of claims. If you just read the Yelp reviews, 
you know, it, it was just like, if we can make it work here at Webster Hall, it can work in any nightlife in the world. Uh, and so we had this objective and goal, like we have to make it work for Webster Hall. If we can do that, it can work anywhere. And so once we did that and they were like, this is better, it took time. We first put it in, not ready yet, right? Took it out, build, put it in again, not ready yet. And it took probably three iterations on the third time. They were like, this is way better. And the team, right? The energy that that gave that team is like, okay, now they had the confidence to rock and kind of spread it throughout nightlife. So that was the first major milestone. And it was kind of a couple of smaller nightlife in Bloomington, Indiana, making it in New York City and then scaling it through New York City. That was sort of the first milestone. But I'd say to date, the Museum of Modern Art would probably be like, okay, this is bigger than just coat checking in nightclubs. This, like the Museum of Modern Art, if you look at the volume of bags and coats and strollers and stuff that they check, it's like half a million items a year. I mean, it's like the whale of checking things in and out. Um, and once we had that account, I was like, this could work anywhere. And I think that like, whether it's museums, conventions, hotels, um, any events under concert hall of any size, the volume that they do of everyone leaving uh, a museum at the end of the day, while an event opening up at night, pouring in 3000 more people continuously, uh, that was sort of the, okay, we've done it. Wow. When did that happen? That was 2017 is when we hit, is when we landed and closed the MOLA. Now what's going on with hotels? I feel like every hotel needs this. Yeah. So COVID presented an interesting time for our business. As you can imagine, once COVID hit, no one was going to events, museums, nightclubs, conventions, everything was closed. No one was checking coats. And we'd always had this lingering pain point of being a very seasonal business because of coat checking being in the winter. Um, no one's checking coats in the summer. So we kind of were like in the summer, like, Oh, what do we do? We can't really sell. We can't really grow. Let's develop product. Let's, you know, start prepping for the next season. And COVID kind of presented this opportunity that was like, okay, now we can kind of get out of coat checking and expand this to a, a not like a, a less seasonal and if you think about hotels, people are traveling more in the summer. So it's actually opposite of the coat check market. And we saw, if you look at a coat check ticket, it's pretty simple. A luggage storage ticket is a little more complex, right? Then you bring it up to your room, they collect different information. We saw going into the hotels, eliminating the luggage storage ticket would kind of get us out of that seasonality and expand where we can offer um, checking. Because if you, in hotels, they do valet, they do rentals at the beaches. They do co-checking in their event spaces. So we made it an absolute focus mission during COVID. We're going to enter the hotel space. We're going to be successful. And it's going to give us a non-seasonal cycle that we can continuously work. Wow. Yeah. And so I wish I spoke to you a few years ago so I could have got the credit for that idea. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was me, yours. That's my idea. But you got, you got oh, to sorry. it first. Sorry, it's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, good, good for you appreciate you not executing yeah so that no that's a great i mean you even check in your kids actually in hotels they have like many daycares cruises uh there's all sorts of and you said it the cars valet people send packages and mail especially in uh, vegas when you're doing trade shows i mean there's valuable oh, yeah. stuff coming in and out so i'm glad you you know COVID actually woke you up to something else you know, that virus just tapped on yeah. you. It's like, let's do something else. 
as I'm sure you know, right, times of complete like war time, pandemics, these moments in people's life like bring out the best in innovation, I feel. People can either crawl up in a ball and like, oh, this is the worst, or they can look at it as an opportunity for change. And what it did was the hotels had to rethink all their processes, right? Contactless, it's not safe to like be within six feet, hand someone a piece of paper. So it really gave us an entry point. Like, oh, we have a, a paperless process. You guys have sustainable goals right now, right? This costs less. And by the way, right, it's safe to use during COVID. You should reopen with this, set yourself apart. And uh, so, yeah, we took it as an opportunity, but I would tell you, it was, I mean, think about it, no co-check being open March 15th, 2020. Scary moment, you know, and as you, as I've seen with your businesses, as you're aware, like you got to just flip that switch in your mind. What's the opportunity? You got it, man. I mean, did you lock in any change yet or you're in the middle of, of, of working on that? Yeah, we have some big ones. We have, uh, so the, the first really massive one was Circa in Las Vegas, which is the new, if you look at Circa, it's like a spaceship just landed on, you know, the old strip in Vegas. So when they opened, uh, I think it was December, or January, you know, they opened up with us. So we then used that. We got Renaissance in Las Vegas. We're working sort of all these different Vegas hotels, but uh, that was sort of our big kind of flagship. Okay, we can do it at Circa mass volume base has the craziest luggage storage package checking as you know um and then we got dream hotels on board standard in new york and and we're now at about 25 different groups um so we really kind of in a year kind of really entered the market but we're still in that phase of learning from these 25 diverse operations on product market fit and like making it something that anyone could use so we're in this kind of like similar to co-check uh because we weren't Bellman. So we have to go in there, work with them, learn. We had sort of concepts and and now that things are reopening, you know, we can get on site and, and really get this to the next level. Oh, absolutely. I think you're going to, I mean, you have to be in every single hotel. And if you're not, call me. I'll make sure. I will. Every hotel. I don't know why we wouldn't be. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. This has to be in every, every hotel for sure. I love it. Yeah. This is great stuff, man. So, you figured out how to turn your great idea and find a new, a whole new client, which is beautiful. Are there any other alternative businesses or lateral that you're going after that relate to your technology? So this was actually an interesting uh, opportunity that came along the way. I think back in like 2014, a silent disco company reached out to us and we we're like, we want to use your product. And they're like, we are, collecting people's IDs when we lend out these silent discos. And we're now, we went from lending out 200 silent disco headphones to 6,000 as people are partying on these beaches and in the parks in Manhattan. And they're like, we can't organize these IDs and give them back at the end of the event. And oh, by the way, people are stealing all the headphones, you know? And, and he's like, in your system, we can just get their phone number, give them the headphone. And then if they don't return it, we have a hold on their card so we can quickly just kind of make sure it's returned or charged. And he identified, you know, an opportunity I didn't even think about it at the time was inversing, you know, some businesses will store your stuff, hold it for a period of time and give it back. But then the rental side, sometimes they'll give you stuff and then you expect to give it back. So the technology doesn't really care, you know, if you're the business or the customer and who's on which side, it's just saying this item was checked in, right? And then this item was returned, like this item was, was checked and then returned. 
And so, you know, we started with the silent discos. We got into Nike um, at Nike run clubs, lending out, uh, you know, trial stuff for people as they went on the run club, like shoes, different equipment for people to try out. We got into Fitbits and then we got into, um, yeah, what was the Mophies at the US Open for golf and tennis. A lot of times when you're at these big events, your phone will die and they might have like a charging case, but then you're without your phone. So um, American Express had the idea, why don't we just let people use a Mophie, you know, charging case when their phone's dying during the event and then just give it back. And so we've noticed all these different clients are starting off new businesses and opportunities to lend things out where before they didn't necessarily know how to do it at mass and get it back and make sure they can manage it. Um, so this has kind of created that opportunity for them as well as for our business. Man, you guys must be so busy because not only are you coming up with the great ideas, but your clients are coming up with great ideas. They're saying your stuff is so great. We need it for a whole different animal. I mean, that's amazing. It's, it's exciting. Yeah, I'm it's excited. definitely exciting. It's, you need yeah, any partners? What's going club. on? How much do you need? Yeah, let's get into all... <laughs> Just need to get into hotels and whatever capital is gonna, it's going to take to get them. Yeah, that's... We're a- very focused right now on hotel growth and just scaling the conventions, uh, event centers, nightlife, making sure everyone reopens with the right process. No more paper. No, that's great. I mean, that's a huge opportunity. I do know how hard it is to get into hotels, uh, but I've had some success actually getting to some of the biggest uh, casino hotels in Vegas, and it was a lot of work, a lot of work. Yeah, we're we're figuring out like some of the players like MGM right now, and you know they are these cycles and the amount of people involved to make decisions is very different than nightlife. <laughs> Way so different. it's and that's the fun part is yeah it's fun to learn these different you know organizations and how to navigate them i think that's what keeps me young is you know just not repetitive stuff so um no yeah evan i'd love to talk to you offline about the hotel space because i'm i feel like we're rookies there oh, i'm there i was there <laughs> yeah uh well yeah i mean i've changed management i'm sure you dealt with like that was that's been pretty intense it is um, the layers you know, working with unions oh, yeah it's like oh, a yeah. big onion and you cry yeah. and you cry oh, yeah. and you're crying the whole <laughs> way uh, uh. Uh, but once you but once you get oh through, it's so good it's sweet how good does that feel that onion is yeah. delicious oh it's just oh it turns from makes you cry to <laughs> just mm, that that sweet that's juice it. Just, <laughs> it was worth all the crying yeah oh yeah no question so what is the big message to not only us, but what are you out there promoting? Uh, you Do you want regular people to know this technology? Business owners, are you trying to create a, a certain kind of buzz? What's, what's this big, you know, the marketing uh, publicity part of this? Yeah, and I think it comes down to, so you had, a, you had an experience where you lost a claim ticket, you had to wait around till the end of the night, right, to get it back. And, and it's because there was, it's the needle in the haystack. Instead of 5,000 coats or 500 coats, it's down to five coats and then they can help you. And so you've experienced like, why, why do I have to wait? Um, and it's because people are still using this paper process. So, you know, what the word I'm trying to get out there is you as the, as the customers, as the end customers checking your coats, your bags, your cars, um, the, the businesses are in control and they're using a tool if they're still using paper that does not 
keep your stuff safe and is going to create these claims and these lines. So if the customers and, and all the viewers can next time they get a claim ticket, you know, why would you give me this? This doesn't document what I checked in. You could lose this. You know, you can give this to someone else. It doesn't keep your stuff safe and it doesn't make things quick. So the more we can have people advocating when they get a claim ticket to like, why don't you just hit up Chexology? Cost less, it'll solve your problem. It'll make me, it'll give me peace of mind that I'm going to get this stuff back and not deal with the claim. Because we all know the claim process is always on the customer. The businesses are in control. So if, if the customers can help us, protect them, uh, that would be huge. So I, I think that would be what I'm advocating for the most right now is know that until you've had that experience, it could happen at any time and it will ruin your day. Maybe your week. Everybody has lost exactly a ticket. Everybody. Yeah. So I think that's the big thing. Like, don't let it happen again. Don't let it happen to your kids. Don't let it happen to your friends. Let's, let's kill this claim ticket. Let's replace it with something that's way better. Um, and I think it needs both sides, yeah. right? You, you got to get the businesses to want to change. But if, if the customers push for it, then it kind of puts the pressure on the businesses. Like, it's time to make a change. Why are we using paper? That's I think that's very smart. You're taking so. the, pharma, the pharma approach where you see all these cool commercials. You're like, wait a second. Uh, I've had ED for all this time and I could just get this. Doesn't apply to me. Yeah. But we're just talking about how pharma... <laughs> you know, exposes like, hey, we got all this great stuff here. Tell your damn doctor, you know? Exactly. But uh, I think that's smart. I so. think that's, that's great. It's a no brainer for, for a company to, to want this technology. Um, it's just a matter of when. And as we know, companies are real slow. If things work, they don't like change. But this is clearly a good reason to change. There's so many reasons, so many reasons. I mean, and it's, we, and it's the time too with COVID, right? Like this is the time you're going to rebring in your staff. You can reintroduce how to do things in a better way. Uh, you're having to change so many of, of the processes that you would have done before COVID that why not just, this is just the time. So, you know, we're hoping that, you know, as things reopen, as nightlife gets back, as people start to travel again, we can really create this as like, this is, this is the norm. This is how it should be done. So yeah, Evan, thank you. I mean, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you offline about the hotel space because it has been interesting to get in there. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, any of your viewers are, you know, you have a great audience, you know, if, if they aren't engineers, but are trying to figure out how to build an app, you know, and how to get there, they have a good idea. Um, you know, I'm sure they reach out to you all the time, but you know, Feel free to reach out to us. You know, I think the network and the community is so important um, and it sparks so much change. So um, I love I love your your audience. I think you're doing a great thing. Evan. Thank you. But uh, you're the genius here, man. I wish I did this when my coat was was sitting there for like three hours with me standing there waiting for my last me and the other losers that lost our tickets. At least you were having a good time until that. Oh, absolutely. Point. The fact that you lost your claim ticket, yeah. So absolutely. I guess that's the one win in, in that in that in that night. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, you're you're gonna be. This is this is a monster. It's just a matter of, like you said, bringing awareness. Because uh, I didn't know about this, and I've been all over the world, never encountered this new technology. I'm I, I'm always stuck with this little damn ticket. And I lose it most of the time. And, I, and now I take a picture of it, right? I think everyone's smart enough 
They take a photo of their valet ticket, their claim ticket, but it's primitive. And that's not, you know, what if your phone dies? What if someone finds that claim ticket that you just took a picture of and returns it and, you know, takes it? There you go. So, Evan, every time you get a claim ticket, take that picture and text it to me. And I will do everything I can to make sure that that business doesn't give someone a claim ticket again. I will tell them. Really? You gave Evan a lot from of the biz a claim ticket? <laughs> it's going to be a lot of claim it, tickets. Everywhere I go. Careful. Hey, hey. I love it. It gives me, right. gives me something to that. do. Gives our team. We're teams. doing that. Yeah. And any, if you, any of the viewers, hit us up on Instagram at Chexology. If you get a claim ticket, share it with us. We will, we will make sure that the next person that goes there doesn't get a claim ticket to the best of our ability. Absolutely. And commissions for anyone who gets this technology into the facility. I have to say that. I love it. For my I'm, people. Oh, and I'm willing to do it. I mean, we'll figure out some kind of gift. If they identify it, we're not in there and we get it because of their story, we'll find a way to compensate. All right, people, see, we're making money with Derek already. We're making money. Let's go, baby. It's time to change. That's it. So I love it. Chexology.com. Derek Paquet, successful entrepreneur. Tell it to everybody where to find you. So at Chexology, C-H-E-X-O-L-O-G-Y. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and then you can find me at Derek Paquet, D-R-E-K-P-A-C-Q-U-E, everywhere. So uh, hit us up. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your stories with the claim tickets and where you think we can eradicate them because they shouldn't exist. Let's go, people. Thank you for letting us mind your biz.